LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Now, Scott, we are looking at a topic today, which is one of the first topics that we ever looked at on The One Thing. Oh, that's right. I can remember. We, we started a whole sort of One Thing journey with uh, signposts. Pathways yeah. and ecosystem, I think, didn't we? Yeah, that's way back exactly. in the way back in the day, way back when, way back when we thought it was going to be like you know the English series that just had eight episodes. We've turned into the American Office, which what is was just sign, endless. What was signposts all about again? What were the sign, uh, what was that sign? Pointing people, pointing people. Um, okay, we're not using. We haven't used that for a while, but no, that needs to see a resurgence, I think. <laughs> but today we are talking about pathways. The One Thing is brought to you thanks to Reach Australia, and that is what you have press play on now, another episode of The One Thing on Church Pathways. For those who... Now, most people will have listened to every episode and probably replay them two, three, four times for their kids, but just for those people who haven't, Scott, talk to us about Pathways. What are they? Well, we talk lots uh, in the network about ecosystem and Pathways. And we're trying to think about church life from two uh, two different spaces, and and it's important to sort of understand where it is coming from. And so, in terms of the pathway, uh, when we when we use the language of pathway, it's about thinking through the first time someone comes to church or it becomes aware of your church, a non-Christian or a Christian, um, and what's the process. Uh, for them to move into becoming a member of church. And so one way of sort of thinking about that is is to think about it as a process or a, or a pathway. And, and every church has a pathway. Uh, it's just people don't know about it or there's not clarity around it. Uh, but there will be, you know, a way that someone finds out about your church, comes to your church, and then, you know, moves into uh, the life of, of church. And also gets sent out from church as well. So, so that's one way of sort of thinking about it, the idea that people are on a pathway. Um, the second way of, you know, we often talk about church life is of churches as an ecosystem. And so often we kind of think there is one or two things in church life that disciple someone, uh, that help someone grow as a, as a Christian. But we keep, and you know, regularly saying it's actually the whole church ecosystem that disciples someone. There's not one program. There's not one moment. Uh, the Sunday gathering isn't the only thing or the small group isn't the only thing. There's a whole bunch of things that go into seeing someone actually mature in Christ. And so you need to pay attention to the whole ecosystem. Okay, let me tell you something that really bugs me. I, mm. I hate I hate feeling like a project. This is not getting, this, this is, I'm not just teeing this up. I hate feeling like I'm a project to be worked on. Um, in, particularly in a church environment, because there's something incongruous about that, as if you know this is just a sausage factory factory to move me to the next step. Tell me why, um, as you're talking about pathways here, how am I not a sausage in a sausage factory with a pathway? Well, in some ways, uh, you want to have a sausage factory sort of element to it, as in you want to think through what is it like for the average ordinary person, knowing that. 
you know, everyone is unique and everyone will have a different path and a different approach. But but there is kind of an 80 percent or ninety percent of you know here's here's how you move into church life. Um, I think you can create a mechanistic or you know sausage factory like uh, you know pathway process. So I think that's I think that's easy to do. I think you know when you're when you're assigned you know a number. Uh, you know, when you go to when you go to the shops, when you're assigned a number and, you, and you're not actually cared for as a person, you you know that customer journey and you know that experience. As opposed to, uh, you know, when you say, for example, you go to the Apple Store, you know, you make an appointment, they find your name, you know, very quickly. They then know who you are, and you know that on their list they've got, you know, male wearing jeans, has a blue shirt on, so that when they come to you, they go, Scott, you know, so good you can be here. I'm so looking forward to working with you on, on, on sharing something. So I, I think you need a mechanism, you need a process. Um, I think that needs to be pretty much 80% the same for everyone. You know, you, you don't create a process for the things that are outside of the norm, you create it for the norm. And, and Derek, you're a lot like most people. Um, I hate to say it, you are a unique individual, but you're a lot like most people. But then actually how you move in that pathway and uh, how you move through that process, I think you can actually you know, feel like you're, you're just a number or you're not cared for. And so in church life, I think it's really important that we um, often have one person sort of being responsible and making sure that in the seams and in the places where you actually get lost or where it does come across as a very cold, you know, hard experience where, you know, um, you know, we've all kind of had the, uh, you know, can you tell me again your name? Can you tell me that you, you've got four kids? Can you tell me again that uh, you're a Christian and, and here's your church experience? Like, we've all felt that kind of someone getting the same information. Like I gave that information on a form last week, or I've already had that conversation with someone else. Why are you having it with me? As opposed to, um, oh, I, I love hearing people tell their story of how they became a Christian. You know, how did, how did you become a Christian? Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Um, you know, so I, I think you can go through in a sausage-like manner, uh, or you can pay attention to that and, and actually helpfully, um, you know, push against that. And so, you know, it's the thing of, um, you know, getting the email. Like uh, the example I've, you know, just been thinking through recently is that scene between uh, when you've done, say, an onboard course or a connect course or some sort of membership moment and, and you actually jump into a home group. You can just get the email. Hey, Scott, there's a men's Bible study group Tuesday night. It's at Derek's house um, uh, at 7.30, you know, come along. Or actually... Uh, the other way, or I think the better way to do it, to approach me as a person, is Derek actually calls me up and says, "Hey, um, you know, I've been given this number. I've heard you're keen to do uh, a home group. You know, the small groups guy who you met probably at that membership course has given me your name, um, and you've been given another email to say, hey, they're probably going to give you a call. But you actually invite me. I get a chance to talk to you about. Well, do, can I wear shorts? Uh, do I need to bring Tim Tams? Uh, you know, uh, is there a dog? I'm, I'm afraid of dogs." You know, can you, you know, so that personal experience, I think is so much better than just getting an email that says, come to Derek's place. The chances of me coming, you know, to Derek's place on, you know, on a, on a Tuesday night, if I've got no sort of relationship with him are going to be pretty minimal as opposed to if I actually pay attention to that in the pathway and probably even a higher bar is actually Derek comes along to that final night at the membership course and we say, Hey, here's a bunch of our home group leaders you know, we'd love you just to get to know you. And Derek tells me a bit about himself and I have the opportunity afterwards just to have a cup of tea with him and, and say, yeah, mate, I'd love to come to your home group. 
Yeah, no, that's helpful. And it, it is worth noting um, that grown men should never wear shorts apart from when they're playing sport or at the gym. Uh, but that's just a rule for my growth group. Uh, it's on Wednesday nights at 7 if you want to come along. But the you've, could, uh, you've could got... You, yeah, could you, well, could you give me a negative... Could you give me a negative example of where you've seen, you know, someone be treated like the, the sausage and... And, uh, and 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 leave a church that you've been a part of or, you know, that you've seen in, you know? Yeah. No, it, no, no names. You don't have to mention Village Church or... Uh, I wouldn't mention <laughs> Village Church. I love that church. Um, uh, no, it's when... And I'm sure I've done it as well, so I'm not just saying other people have done it. It, it is when you feel like you're being processed. Mm. Um, it's when you feel like uh, that... All you are to uh, to this interaction is, as you said, a number. All, all this person has to do is just pass you off to the next person, and then they've done their job. But I think, well, I think everyone wants to feel connected and cared for, and in a church environment, we want them to feel loved. Uh, we want them to know how to find answers to the questions that they're asking and join us on mission. And so, if it's really just about some abstract concept uh, that people are pushing us through. That's when I, you feel like, well, there's an incongruity between um, the values you say you have and the gospel you preach and my experience of this moment. And so, yes, and you're saying this, and we'll dig into this in a second, yes, there needs to be clear ways in which people don't fall through the gaps, uh, passing between seams, but the way in which that's done is, I would argue, as important as the, the things that are done themselves. Um, so people need to understand not just about passing someone off. My job as a welcomer is not just to hand the bulletin at the door or to make sure I, I get the four details about them. I want them to have experience of church where they feel loved in community. Um, and I and I think I think that's a danger of of a database. You know, in some way, one of the one of the dangers of a database, one of the dangers of you know all the great systems that have workflows and people flows and process flows, is that they they you know with the, in the wrong hands with the wrong person. You know that tool can become you know quite a blunt instrument, and and likewise in the wrong hands a a connect card and that desire you know you must you must get someone's details um, as opposed to uh, you know ensuring they have a great experience and then their their next step is actually probably to come back to church, not you want to have their email and their everything else you know if you can actually think through how to do those those things well that treat people like people, uh, then I think you you're going to have a, a greater greater success. It, it worth saying. Okay, I want to ask you a question about some example pathways. It is worth saying that just as the flip side as well. Gee, people can feel unloved um, when there's no process in place. That's often a way of loving people very poorly. Um, I am so warm when people are there, but I have no um, no ability to help them take the next step. That is also a loving thing. That's not a sausage factory thing. That's a loving thing to be clear in my own mind. So could you give some examples of pathways like this, like Connect, Grow, Serve. Some people use the four E's, the four P's. There's a different one that we use in our Reach Australia consults. What yeah, are some examples? Yeah, well, I think I think it's helpful to sort of work out, are they, are they pathways uh, or are they ways of structuring? Are they ways of sort of getting clarity. And so I sort of see four E's, you know, the four E's that you see often in the Vine Project. You what, know, do that, that it, what do they the stand four, for? Uh, yeah, they, they uh, stand for uh, uh, engage, evangelize, establish and equip. And in some ways, it's it's not so much a pathway, but it, it, it I mean, it is a pathway in the sense that it talk, they talk about moving people to the right. And it, and it's uh, it's helpful to see it as a pathway in the sense that they're wanting 
they're wanting you to think through the process of moving someone from, as they say, the domain of darkness, so from from not being a Christian to being a Christian. And so uh, moving people to the right, uh, I say it's not a pathway in the sense that, uh, you know, a, a proper pathway is actually going to pay attention to your local context and your church. So in some ways, it's a it's a meta pathway of helping to see how do we actually engage someone, uh, how do we then evangelize them, you know, get the gospel into them, how do we then see them get established and then equipped. Um, so that that's in part what we call a mission funnel. That would be the equivalent of that in some ways. There's, there's more similar over, overlap. But how would you use the word pathway? When you're talking to churches about pathways, how do you describe it? Yeah, so uh, we just use um, some big categories, and I'll, I'll, we'll put in the show notes uh, just an, a sample pathway that we often use with churches. But the idea, you know, big, big, big part of the funnel at the start is how do people actually find out about your church? So that's kind of the awareness thing. So how are people actually coming into into church life? They're you know getting invited. There's a website. Uh, it could be just your location. It could be a, a, an annual event that you have that you know people know you about. So that's the first thing. Then. There's the first contact. So, you know, what happens when you first arrive at church? What does that look like? Uh, now, the reality is often before someone sort of sticks and jumps into a, the next part of the process, they come to church one, you know, one, two or three times. So at each time, you know, the next step ought to be, come, hey, come back to church or come back to this thing that you've come to. Uh, then then the pathway kind of cons- kind of splits there. Uh, into whether you're a Christian or, or not, not a Christian. So if you're not a Christian, we want to give you the opportunity to actually engage with uh, with Jesus, uh, f- engage with the Scriptures, be challenged with the Gospel, and uh, and that um, that that is often what we call the conversion engine. Uh, so what is what is the way that you do that? Could be a course, it could be a one-on-one conversation, could be a small you know a smaller group, uh, and often often that's where churches don't have something or have something very ad hoc or if they do have something that's kind of where they end and then they move you into their you know their membership process but we often say you want to have a follow-up course and you probably want to have another course after that to sort of follow them up and then you want to actually move them into uh well you're praying and hoping that they make a decision to follow jesus and then once they've made that decision to follow jesus then you want to pull them into your member moment or your member your membership sort of course now that could be again newcomers lunch a two-hour course it could be a five-week course or you know a whole term course but you want something that says okay here now here's what it means to actually be a part of this church now the reality is in the pathway through that whole process, someone might be coming to your church. They might be experiencing church life. So you want to be paying attention to church life. And, and, and you know, this is where it's not going to be this sort of linear process, uh, you know, the whole way through. But you, you need to be paying attention to your Sunday church in the context of, you know, is it welcoming to the outsider? Um, you know, what's it saying to the person who is a Christian and coming for the first time? And then you want to, be, to move people into a small group. Uh, and then move them into serving in the church, and then firing them up to take the gospel out as well. And again, you know, uh, we've intentionally put being in a small group before serving, and we've intentionally, uh, we, you know, the reality is you want someone to be inviting and and encouraging someone to come to church. You know, probably before they're in a small group or before they've even done a, a connect course. Uh, and and so in some ways that uh, that end part of the process is something you, you probably want to pay attention to, but actually helping people see, okay, how can we actually help them understand the pathway so they can invite people? So um, I guess that's the the more detailed version of, say, the four E's is actually breaking it down into further steps. So I think where the Vine Project's been quite helpful is they've thought about the engagement, they've thought about the evangel, you know, the evangelize, then they've thought about, you know, how do you actually establish someone, you know, in the faith and then how do you equip them? 
Uh, and I'd, I'd just say in church life, there's probably a, you know a few other things that you can pay attention to in your pathway. Uh, but say the Connect Grow Serve that you talked about, you know, more 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 structure, um, you know, and a pathway, you know, can be seen as a pathway as well. Now yeah. you mentioned before that you know I'm just like most people, eighty <laughs> percent will fit. But you know, Jesus left the nine nine to go and get the one. Um, there's a whole bunch of people in churches around the place that we do want to care for who won't fit our normal pathways and our normal structures. So within the context of a pathway discussion. What do you do when people don't fit the pathway you've got designed? Yeah, you've got to have flexibility uh, and you've got to uh, have people that are available to be flexible. So as I said, you know, I've seen this often in church, you know, church life, you know, where someone just can't get to the Sunday or they can't get to the Tuesday night course um, and you've got a real high bar for serving. You've got to come to that, um, you know, that connect course or that membership course before you can serve or be a part of a small group. So I think you've got to have ways where, you know, for someone who can't do that, uh, you know how can we how can we do something that might be the one on one, but but you want to make them the um, you know the aberration or you know the uh, you don't want to make them the norm because uh, it's going to be a lot easier to do things well if you do them regularly. It's going to be also a lot easier to do them uh, to involve others if you if you do them regularly as well. So this is about actually building teams, uh, building you know groups who can actually help you along this pathway, so that you know it's not the specialist you know person in ministry who's you know who's able to deal with the the person outside the box, but the reality is there will be people outside the norm, and uh, and and you need to have flexibility in that process. But my sense is that they're not they're not the norm. You can you can do it for the eighty five percent. Yeah, and my, one of my bugbears in this conversation sometimes with people is uh, the response: we don't we don't have a path, we don't need a pathway because uh, we just organically uh, engage and welcome people. And I think no, you do have a pathway. Um, often when people use that, there's there's actually nothing happening. There's lots of people falling through the cracks, but the people who are there feel very loved. Or the pathway that they have, it solely relies on the senior the senior leader. And so they see the person come in, they welcome them on a Sunday, they have coffee with them on Monday, they sell the vision to them, uh, they organise them being in a growth group, uh, and uh, they organise them being a service roster. There's your pathway right there, in there, at its very simplest form, and it all relies on one person. It, it just is not scalable. That's, a, that's not a pathway, Derek, that's a blockage. That's, that's a blockage. A, oh, I like that. That's a Todd Adkinism. Uh, oh, is, is that... no, I don't know if it is. I don't know if he would have had. Oh, yeah, that's a pathway. That's a problem. That's he'll not a pathway. Stealing. That's a problem, that's maybe. Good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah he'll 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 same. But that's the reality. Is it, there is a pathway. You just need to work out and identify what it is and call it call it for what it is so that people don't fall through the cracks and so it doesn't rely on you. But as you're working with churches talking um, about their pathway, you do this thing called a gap analysis. Um, what does that do and how do you use it? Well, well, often it does does that thing that you're just talking about. It actually helps identify uh, what they do have a pathway. It helps identify the health of the pathway. Uh, it, help, it helps, um, I think, a pastor diagnose or a minister diagnose how much people actually are aware of some of those key steps or not aware of those key steps. Uh, it actually helps point out that they're often the blockage. You know, they're often doing a number of things and they haven't actually, you know, built a team. Uh, importantly, it actually helps uh, the wider team see, oh, wow, there's there's a whole bunch of ways that I can, you know, get engaged and, and serve and be a part of helping someone move to the right, helping someone, you know, move towards a, uh, a saving faith. 
So I, you know, I, th I think it does all those all those things. But as you say, it's a gap analysis. What we're trying to do in it is identify where, uh, you know, where there's problems, where there's issues, where there's blockages. Uh, identify where those seams are, uh, and then start to work on well, what are the what are the priority areas that we actually need to address and solve? So you know, often in church life, it's we actually don't have any sort of next step for the non-Christian. So let's 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 start with just putting in a simple course. And uh, or you know let's start by having something that's available. And we point people towards that. Uh, often it's there's no there's actually no newcomers lunch or member moment or member course. So let's let's put that you know that in the process. Or often we identify wow we've got all these people coming to church, but they're they're actually not um, they're not sticking. So you can actually see that you, know, you can see all these people who are coming in the front door. They're aware about church and they're having that first contact. You then might that might then force you to ask questions maybe about your Sunday gathering or um, actually about your membership process. Are you actually not collecting names? Are you doing you know whatever? So, so the the process and the tool of evaluating that is is really helpful just in identifying uh, you know what's actually going on or not going on and involving the whole team in that. All right, you've got some really helpful tools um, that you guys have uh, used in deploying consults uh, for church across Australia. So if people do want to get a bit more information, we're going to talk about the toolbox in a moment, but let me encourage you, having been on the receiving end of a consult in my own church and uh, having uh, watched these guys do a few, it's a really helpful process um, to help your church work out what's actually happening on the ground and where you may not be loving people well and helping them join your mission. Um, but Scott, tell me, what is the one thing that you want to say about church pathways? Every church has a pathway. You need to assess it, evaluate it to see if it's healthy. And then once you've got it healthy, you want to communicate that so that people know their next steps. Well, I reckon that may be one of your best one things ever. <laughs> That was a good one. All right. Thanks, Derek. Okay. I praise, I praise today from you, Derek. I praise. Yeah. Very uh, lovely. That's very lovely of you. I appreciate it. Yeah, see a lot of love in the team. It's just I've just got it written down here. Once a week, love Scott. It's part I of just, my process. I just heard. I just heard the two hundred episodes that were really, really bad. No. <laughs> All right. Well, talk about your toolbox. What's in your toolbox today? <laughs> Uh, so I actually got an old video. It's a video we did during uh, relaunch just with me talking about uh, a pathway. I reckon uh, I'm going to talk to Tom, our resources manager, and see if we can update that video because I think we can, uh, we can, we've done it a lot better and thought lots more about it. But You're wearing shorts in that one? Yeah, I'm not wearing shorts in that one, but it's a good, um, it's a good video uh, to, uh, to help start you on that process. I'll also put a link in the show notes just to uh, our, that model pathway that I just talked you through. Uh, I mentioned Vine Project. Vine Project is really useful thinking in the meta. You know, how do you move someone to the right, uh, and getting getting your team to start think about if if your church is not used to thinking in those categories and thinking, um, you know, into actually helping people move towards, uh, you know, a, a saving faith and a, and a relationship with Jesus. Then I reckon that's a great book to read with your elders. That's a great book to read with your leadership team to get them to start thinking about um, about moving to the right. And the last one, episode five point two of the Reach Australia podcast with Greg Lee. Uh, yeah, Greg uh, has always has always got some you know useful insights as you think about this. Okay, well that is a, another episode of the One Thing. Uh, just as we go heading into August, if you're living in Perth, I want to give you a plug for PGP, which is um, uh, in August at the start of August. It's uh, on the 9th to 11th. 
PGP Perth Gospel Partnership. The day before, on the 8th, we've got a planting conference in Perth, so keep your eyes out for information on that. But anyway, that's been the one thing for today. I'm Derek Hanna. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.